Welcome to episode 15 of Article 23, your podcast all about work. James Hancock here, and I'm joined by Rhonda Brighton-Hall. Thank you. Great to be here, especially today. I know, because today <laughs> we are very excited to have a special guest, Deborah Glavowski, who leads HR for The Victorian, and I pause here to make sure I get it right, The Victorian Independent Broad-Based Anti-Corruption Commission, affectionately known by its acronym IBAC. Hi, and thanks so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. Even though we can't talk about any of your work. Oh, please don't. <laughs> please don't talk about any of my work. I'm not allowed to. So we can't talk to Deb specifically about some of the work, but we can um, use and talk about some of her awesome HR expertise. Yes. And specifically, we're going to talk about strategic workforce plans, one of the most difficult and complex HR deliverables that there is. Um, big welcome. Thank you very much. Looking forward to it. Yeah, cool. good. But before we do that, we, we always talk about a topic that's a little bit fun, and we're going to talk about the triad of positivity today. Yes, and it's come to the news because of Game of Thrones. Yeah, which we can't talk about. <laughs> and, and, and you can't talk about triads, really, not with whom I work for. Triads are evil gangs. Gosh, yeah, we might, we might need to move on past that one quite quickly. So, so let's not talk about evil triads no. and criminal gangs. No. But, Actually, what we want to talk about is what they're calling the, the light triad or the triad yeah. of positivity, which is the three personality traits that make up the most saintly amongst us. Wow. Does that count me in there? Definitely. Thank you. Yep. Definitely. I mean, there's three of us. That's a triad. So, <laughs> uh, But we also know that there's the dark triad as well. That's been well um, telegraphed in a lot of research. And over time, we know that that's Machiavellianism. We know that that's narcissism. And we know that's psychopathy really fun topics but let's go to what's in the light yeah so the the light one and i think they're really interesting traits so the first one i'm going to pronounce it incorrectly mm. but it's cantonism yeah uh, seeing people as people and not as a means to an end yeah cool. secondly humanity valuing each person's dignity and worth so every single person is of value and the third one is faith in humanity seeing the best in people all the time so do they resonate oh i think for me they just resonate as as the people in the workplace, people in life, in society. And it's really talking about how we treat each other with respect and dignity for yeah. me. That's where that sits. It's that positive connection and respecting who we work, who we work with, talk with, socialise with. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. There's a deep inclusion in that humanity yeah. one, isn't there? Seeing every single person's dignity and worth mm. in and of itself. Yeah, I think as that's a really great foundation. It's I love treating that. people as individuals and respecting what they bring to the table. Yeah, and and in that last one, the faith in humanity, there's a degree of optimism. Yeah, isn't it? Like I know this person's going to do the right thing because people do that. Yeah, that's what you do. Mm. Yeah, and it's the central core. I think sometimes they're in trust too, because if you yeah. have this triad and and underpin it with trust, then. Yeah, mm. home and home. You're in good mm. shape. Yeah, and I, I think agree. I think that all three of those, and at times it can be hard, but they're all great principles for us as HR people as well. Mm. I think that if we have that positivity lens in the work that we do, granted we get tested at times, but um, that's absolutely the right approach for us in yeah. what we do. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, and I acknowledge the fact we get tested at times. Yeah, I'd, I'd put yeah. that at times with a big capitals, screaming off our Bigger phones. <laughs> I get that. That's why I went. Yeah. <laughs> so look, let's go back to the main topic, strategic workforce planning. Why don't we just simply start with what is that? What is a strategic workforce plan? So I'll start. So a strategic workforce plan is a really quite a detailed look at how a workforce is, 
where it wants to go in the future to do the work it needs to do against a strategy and all the things you need to move with that capability, processes, designs, structures, um, people, leadership, culture, and all of those sitting together over time to achieve a different way of working. Totally agree. And I think what it does is it provides an understanding so it sort of gives you a map or a picture of where you are now but it, what it does is then gives you the insight and the directions and the choices to where you might want to go so it gives you options you're not yeah. bound by it mm. it gives yeah. you choices and I, I think one part of the what it is which is that really thoughtful tactical plan of what to do mm. practical actions the other side of that is what it's not and I think where it gets really mixed up for a lot of organizations if they go I have a predictive statistic on sick leave. And you're like, what on earth is that? So you may well have some sick leave data. It doesn't really give you a strategic workforce plan. And so sort of keeping it to the big Mm. picture across all the agendas is where a strategic workforce plan comes to life. Mm. Absolutely. And I've seen plenty of those metrics-driven pest or analysis type (laughs) things. And you look at it and go, really? Where do you want us to be and where are we now so that we can make some calls? And you need the metrics to help you understand it. You do. But you don't need to be bogged in the numbers. They just inform what you're going to do. Yeah. So you do need the data, but you don't need to be bowling up to everyone who had last Friday off and say, hey, I hear you resigning. Absolutely. Because yeah. that'd be weird. Mm. Yeah. So how do you actually, it's a bit about data and that's obviously important. What else do we typically do in creating a strategic workforce plan? What goes into it? Well, for me, the, and the most important part is hearing the organisation and feeling the organisation. So the data gives mm. me the, the, I guess, the structure or the the, you know, the numbers to hang it off. But if you don't get in and understand the organisation with really comprehensive questions, interviews, um, observations, and you can do it lots of ways, but yeah. they're the things that really make it a rich piece for me. It's yeah. that, that bring that people piece into it so that you can hear from everybody and be inclusive, not just talk to the executive or just talk to yeah. people in culture or HR, whatever. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's about that whole piece. That's for yeah. me is important. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think that call out of getting the tone of the organisation right is a little bit where the science of data mm. and really good understanding and analysis, fact-based, evidence-based, but the flip side of it is that art of bringing it to life in a way that people mm. would actually receive it. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I know we've talked about this a lot and I think it's a really, really valuable point because you're actually building in a strategic workforce plan, you're building a complex system from how you attract talent to how you develop talent to how you retain talent, to how you Absolutely. lead talent, how you exit talent. There's a lot in that. And so you aren't, but you need to keep it about reality, not just tell people what they want to hear. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, but I think the challenge behind that too is if we look at an organisation and all of that as the system that we work in and exist in, what we're now asking them to do with the workforce plan is look at themselves differently. So we're asking a complex system that's existing to say, actually, we could be different and how do we do that? And so it makes it even more difficult because you're holding that mirror up and asking them to reflect, change, accept... Uh, and, and instead of spitting out widgets, we're now spitting out, you know, lollipops or something. And, yeah. and it's not yeah. that you're doing that deliberately. It's what you're doing is you're, you're saying if we really want to stay relevant, we need to look at ourselves and, and aim towards that. Yeah, I think that's really yeah. that's really Hang important on. because you're, you're asking people to look at themselves differently and the sort of organisations that take on a strategic workforce plan as opposed to just do a bit of data and throw it away, mm-hmm. it are people that are saying, look, we're doing pretty well, but we're going to need to go with the future mm. or go forward. That's a really challenging mm. conversation mm. where there's no burning platform of horror stories. Mm. There's literally a great organisation, great people doing good things. How do you 
then reflect and say, okay, we're great, but how do we get even better mm-hmm. and how do we be sustainable? That's mm-hmm. a challenging. How do, you, how do you get under the skin of giving people tough messages, yeah. um, but mess, they're in their own environment where they want to hear them? Mm. And I think that question of how do you get under that message heard is the biggest challenge with a strategic workforce plan because you can have a great plan and you can have done all the right work at the front end and really mm. down your deep dive and, and held the mirror up to the system. But then it's how do you take it down and get the organisation to... Uh, a acknowledge that it's you know it's on the money and it, it's delivering what we thought we were going to get, but it's also something that we're prepared to dip our toe in and, and make a difference and do. I think we hear all the time, yes, 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 we've got a strategic workforce plan, and I'm sure you've been in meetings and and organised <laughs> yeah. work there, and they hold it up and say, look at no, that, no comment, <laughs> no comment, yeah. no, right, good, and then you go, yeah, and what are you doing about it? And it's like, yeah. well, we've got one, and then you know it becomes the doorstop that holds the, you know the GM of HR's office open or whatever it might be because they know they want to do it but they just don't they're not given the permission Mm. and they're not the support's not there people don't sort of get their sneakers on and go Mm. for it yeah and then there's the question of because we've all done a lot of work in this space what are the things that go wrong like what's the things that we know that's why they fall over and I'll start with one of them and then you can throw in the ones Mm. you think are most important. The one that I've seen is when it's so incredibly clever and technical and enormously gigantic that when the person talks to it, they go, look, this is so important and clever. Only I can talk to it. Only I can understand it. And, of course, everyone else is brought to tears and wanders off. So it just becomes the most esoteric blob Mm. of stuff that no one could ever do, could never be practical, sort of just a big Mm. mass of acronyms or something Mm. like that. Which is miles away from receptivity, right? Yeah, yeah. miles away from receptivity. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think are the big things that go wrong? Uh, For me, it's when the strategic workforce plan doesn't speak the language of the organisation. So yeah. it's it's like what you're talking about, but it's even that next level down. It's not grounded in the, the organisation's language, its values, its its way now, even though the strategic workforce plan's challenging that and asking it to be different or, you know, adapt or adopt changes. What it does is it's that language doesn't resonate. So people look at it again and go, oh, yeah, that's great. We, we can't do that. We've never done that before. Instead of being practical, achievable, and bite-sized. I think sometimes we try to bite off too much with a strategic workforce. Yeah, do 100 HR projects in the next three months. Yeah, absolutely. And (laughs) and they all wanted it yesterday. (laughs) No one ever wants to hear. And you don't want to radically change your organisation, whatever its purpose, into basically a big HR function. Yeah. Nothing else. Why not, James? I'd love to. I'm sure we all do. But yeah, you're right. And I think that's the big challenge too, because too often, and and you've obviously seen it because I have, it's here's the strategic workforce plan we did last year it's yours um you're the new newly appointed senior leader yeah. in HR uh do it and you go okay and why haven't you and what stopped you and why yeah. is it now mine oh it's a HR or people and culture piece and that's yours to deliver and you know mm. as well as we all know we can't do it in isolation we do it with the whole of the yeah. organization so that's always the big other yeah. failure for me yeah. yeah and the reality is that every leader owns the workforce Oh, yeah, but which very is a key true, part of true. what the plan is. But right? how many times have you been I told know, that's your job? I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. You recruit them, you find them. And, yeah. and I think the flip side of that, another thing that goes wrong with them a lot, is you sort of go, here's a capability we don't have, here's a really tough set of decisions we've got to make to get it. Let's just skip across the surface and pretend that's really easy. Because 
actioning or executing yeah. a strategic workforce plan is often result meaning hard decisions on investment, hard decisions on priorities. You can't mm. do everything at once. You can't turn it into, as James said, a HR organisation. Mm. So how do you get it in the right order? How do you do the right things mm. at the right time? And how do you make those actions actually solving issues that you've got or the challenges that you've got? Mm. Yeah. That's hard. And that's really hard. And then it's all tapping on the back of that is not just doing the actions it's embedding the action so that it stays and it continues and and then it grows on that and it becomes its own life because we can all put in a strategic workforce plan over an organization or in an organization but if it doesn't become the lifeblood of the organization then it's a waste of a document or a waste of piece of work more importantly yeah yeah i really think that in the last couple of years strategic workforce plans have gone from being an acronym that we swp that someone had a project on um, to actually being the lifeblood of how you build people and culture strategies. Mm. Yeah. And I know, Deb, you've got lots of experience in that, how mm. to link in together. Yeah. And I think if they don't link in together, then you're in, then you're not delivering. I mean, your people strategy is really how you bring the organisation to, yeah. to exist and function and deliver. And so your strategic workforce plan really is your people strategy in, in a slightly different function. And yeah. again, you can't not have talent, you can't not have... All of it, it's all mm. got to be there, but it's not got to be in HR buzzwords because yeah. organisations don't always like HR buzzwords and we don't want it to be a, a, a kit of HR tools. It's an organisation plan. Yeah, very yeah. true. And without overusing another buzzword, I think the other part of that is there's a real willingness across organisations of whatever size and whatever industry to either disrupt from within or be disrupted. Mm. And yeah, so that's why, why you're getting this kind of driving propensity to really look at this and actually own yeah, it. Yeah, and I think, you know, we are in, I think HR are taking the lead in that disruption because I think we feel we've spent too long being the police and the, yeah. the operational, here's your contract, here's the exit interview. It's yeah. It's time for us to really uh, take a grip of the organisation and partner it and really partner's a bit tokenish, but it's really stand beside the organisation and encourage it to be the best it can possibly be. Yeah, and I think this HR capability, which is really where it lifts, and that's why it's great to have such an expert guest with us today, but it is this ability to think in a complex way, to make it actionable and practical, and that bridge is yeah. like that's mm. the future of HR. Mm. That's Absolutely. And if HR can't translate and make it practical and put you put it on the ground, then you shouldn't be in HR because yeah. that's that's your job. Completely agree. Agree. Look, thank you very much. So from this, triads to from, strategic workforce. It got, it from got even better. Gangs, <laughs> it, was, gangs. it was a slow start. Um, it got a lot better. Um, thank you very much. Make sure you tune in next week. You know how you can do that. Like us and subscribe to Article 23 via SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. It's your shortcut to never missing an episode. Next week, we are going to talk about giving really tough feedback and why you ought to do it. So thanks again, Deb. Thanks, Rhonda. It's a big more from us.